Hello, everyone. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar4children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. I want to show you something. Each day around the world, 5,000 people are infected with HIV. That was over 20 years ago. Today, an estimated one in five gay men in major U.S. cities is living with HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Today, we have the tools to make HIV history. Let's finish what we started. Because the world needs you to live.
Thank you, Diana Ross. That was Reach Out and Touch, somebody's hand and oldie and Goldie. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to America Meditating Radio. I know I might be sounding a little bit under the weather because I am. (laughs) I don't know what it is. You travel halfway across the world, you're fine. The minute you get on the plane to get back home, it's like everything lands on you that next day. Go figure that one in the in the ethers for me, can you? And when you come with it, come up with an answer. Please send it to me. I hope you're doing extremely well, despite whatever I'm feeling. I'm great. I'm feeling absolutely great, absolutely optimistic, absolutely hopeful. Because you know what? We don't have a choice. You know, it reminds me of um, if we're all flying in the same plane together. You want to wish that the pilot stays alert (laughs) and stays on his game because we're all on the plane together. So if he goes down, I go down. And so I think that if we, we must keep trying to find a way or understanding a better way to keep holding each other up, even when we are just absolutely in a state of darkness. I just got off of a phone with somebody in India, and um, it's someone that we've been in quite an interesting conversation and journey with over the years. And this person has been repeating cycles, you know, cycles after cycles. And they're so ingrained in their cycle that they're, it's just so much a part of their system now that it's not even a question that they're even doing anything that's just not healthy anymore. So I decided to just call this out and just say what it is. And honestly, I did it lovingly. And I... And and the person said to me on the phone, and she, you know, she said, you know, I don't think you're being kind to me. I said, I actually am, because I'm actually telling you the truth. I don't want to placate this narrative that you bring a whole tribe of people in, and you just seem to not be hearing us. And I have to be the one to say it. And in my heart, I felt very clear and clean about it. Sometimes it's hard to be honest with your friends. But if they're your friend, it's worth the chance. It's worth the risk. It's worth the moment of discomfort to tell them truthfully, but from a place of benevolence of what you feel is happening with them and how they're bringing every long with them on this sometimes a journey of their own pattern of self-destruction. That sometimes even when you're pulling back and you're saying, I can't go there anymore, they think it's an act of non-love. But I'm saying it is actually an act of love because I can't placate this. It's not what I want to feed. For example, I don't want to give a friend who is a heroin addict heroin because I care for them. I want to take them out of an environment where they get the heroin. I want to take them somewhere where they might have withdrawal. I want to take them somewhere where they have a new environment, new people, new energy. And I know they'll kick and fight me the whole way. So sometimes we just have to do that. And in the midst of all of this, we still find that um, we win some (laughs) and we lose some. And such is life. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. And yes, I'm your host, Sister Jenna. I know I sound like a little mini dumper truck. But I want to let you know that Thursday, today, March 16th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the film screening and panel discussion on End of the Line, The Women of Standing Rock, will be hosted at East Street Cinema. That's at 555 11th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. Please call or um, um, go online to get your tickets as soon as possible. I know it's going to be a wonderful program, and I'm going to actually muscle up the strength to go out there. Why? Because of the cause. Because of the cause and because of why I find this to be really, really important in these times. 
Hold the line. We're going to be having a wonderful conversation with Jonelle Romero. She's an award-winning director, producer of film and television, and a part of this work in Standing Rock. And before I get Jonelle on the line, I just want us to just take a few minutes of reflection and introspection and just pause a little bit. I know we're getting so used to so much negative energy everywhere that sometimes we don't even know how to feel normal anymore, how to feel safe, how to feel present, how to just just get off the grid for a little bit but still be on it, you know? From my meditation CD, Off the Grid Into the Heart, let's take a deep breath and take a moment. In this meditation, I invite you to become aware of the two types of consciousness that reside within the soul. Let us choose the consciousness of light over the darkness of past stories, the history that gets into our way. Let us now remember our connection to the supreme energy, the supreme soul, the being of light. For far too long, we have allowed the external forces to dictate our inner force. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart to be myself. I choose to no longer be under the influence of what the world tells me, what my parents have told me, my spouse, friends, or anyone who has been a negative influence in my life. In this meditation, I stand strong in the original, eternal, imperishable worth of the soul. I, the being of light, the soul of power, I step into the heart and I become a being of love, a being of light and goodness. That was off the grid, into the heart. Hope you enjoyed that. The American Meditating Radio is proud to welcome Jonelle Romero. Jonelle is an award-winning director and producer of film, television, and other media. She was the only American Indian director, producer, and writer to make the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science Documentary Branch primarily a pr- primary shortlist in 2000 for her award-winning film, American Holocaust. When it's all over, I'll still be Indian. Isn't that a beautiful title? To date, this is the only documentary that addresses the American Indian and the Jewish Holocaust. This film continues to have great impact with over 2 million views on YouTube. And in 2016, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science invited Jonelle to be a lifetime member. And she was invited to Washington, D.C. by President Obama. Boy, we miss him. And First Lady Michelle Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, and even Oprah Winfrey to share her vision and initiatives of her native woman in film, 
inclusion in bringing um, national attention to the multicultural diversity issues that we face as a nation. Now, Jonelle has a long and impressive career as an actor, starring in the first contemporary American Indian woman story ever producer in um, ever produced in, in 1997. In 1977, her girl called Had a Fox to 1989 Sundance Award-winning film and cult classic George Harrison's feature film. Pow Wow Highway. You get an idea of who Jonelle is, right, everyone? So in 1991, our wonderful Michael Jackson helped launch Jonelle's production company, Red Nation Films. Boy, rest his soul. I wonder where Michael is today. And he became actually the leading force in making the company known to the world. Red Nation Films is now an award-winning company in producing American Indian documentaries and independent films, lacking media outlets to broadcast Native American content. In 2006, Janelle found the first American Indian television channel, Red Nation Television Channel. Can you believe that? Today, we're honored to welcome a trooper in the movement of educating us on the power of Native American Indians. Welcome, my sweet sister. Hello. How are you? I can't <laughs> complain. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Your work is so powerful. I just came back from India. I go to India mm. twice a year, and it's been like my 48 trip so far. And one of the things I've always wanted to see is a Native American Indian sit with an Indian from India and talk about tradition, family, food, culture, music, dance. I'm looking forward to seeing a story unfolding, so I'm giving you a little hint. <laughs> Well, well, it's 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 uh, it's auspicious that you that you bring that up because when I founded our Red Nation Celebration Institute, our nonprofit organization, 22 years ago, one of the visions was to time when we launched it, we were a concert series. Now we've grown into all these other entities, but one of the visions was to bring together American Indian musicians with East Indian musicians saying the West Coast and the East Coast of Indian and have this big concert. And on the plane to D.C. this time, I sat next to a producer. She's from India, and I shared with her that, and, and so she's into it as well. So now you're saying it, so it's uh -huh. now going to manifest. It's, It'll make it it's manifest. Gold. It's gold. Yes. It's gold. Absolutely. I want to really learn a lot about your work. It seems fascinating. And I understand that you were actually born into the entertainment industry, and you started acting at three. <laughs> I did. I, um, My mom and my dad's father, my grandpa, um, they used to do plays. And my grandpa was an opera singer, and I remember doing plays with them. And, you know, back then when you'd walk into the theater backstage, the smell of the makeup was a different smell than it is now. Uh, but it was a very thick smell, and it was a wonderful smell. And I remember that smell, and I, I remember very, very young walking onto the stage by myself. I don't know how old it was, maybe five, four or five, and... Saying to myself, there, there was no audience or anything. It was just, you know, empty uh, a theater. And saying to myself, I am an actor. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and so that <laughs> this was my Love first it. passion was acting. Yeah. yeah, I've always known. And you so know, our mom, our days of innocence can never lie to us. You know that, right? Right. That's exactly. 
my mom uh, wanted to become a movie star when she was very young, living in Albuquerque. And so her and my dad, when they were 19, uh, moved to Hollywood. And my mom, to make a long story short, my mom ended up, uh, Universal Studios signed her. And she was one of, they call them Elvis's girls. There was like six women who danced um, in all of Elvis Presley movies. And my mom was one of them. And so she, she was really close with Elvis. And I was allowed onto the set all the time at MGM lot. And so at a very young age, like eight, nine years old, I used to hang out on, on the set with them through all the movies, like Spin Out, Speedway. But we'd have to wait till the colonel left the building mm-hmm. um, because he didn't like kids. So I would hide, like well, I remember one time hiding in Nancy Sinatra's uh, dressing room until the colonel left. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's how I started in this industry. I love those my mom. stories. Yeah. I just love that. You know, two shades yeah. to moms. I want to get right down to a very sensitive issue and a very, well, how, how should I put the right words to this? An issue that we wish we wouldn't be dealing with in the 21st century with where we are today. You've been very active in bringing American Indians to the forefront of this country. And for those who don't know what has happened at Standing Rock over the past 10 months, could you maybe elevate and update our listeners a little bit about what's occurred there? Well, I... Um Standing Rock woke the world. In waking up the world, we are here today. We are very present. We are deliberate. We are not afraid. And we are here to claim what is rightfully ours. And because Standing Rock leadership, because of our youth, having the inspiration to take, I call it the earth movement, mm-hmm. this inspiration to to move the earth in such a manner that woke the world, mm-hmm. um, to our people in a very prayerful and spiritual and peaceful manner, that mm-hmm. we are now able to really, because of all including myself, all the people and our allies that have been for many, 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 many years doing this work are now at the level where we we have a voice. We're using our voice, and we're taking it in such a direction that is going to change the world again. Like when the Europeans first came over, that changed our world. Now we are changing the world. It is our wow. time right now in this moment to change the world. So I think all the things that happen at Standing Rock, the the courage and the strength of our water protectors and our water protectors are everywhere. Uh, you know, our first medicine is our water when we're in our womb with our mother. It is our women that are leading this way, all the women, all women. Always, and isn't that? But that's, together, isn't that always the case? Yes. Absolutely. That's always Absolutely. the case. And we never get the recognition. I mean, there is in the, that, that film, Hidden Figures. I didn't even know that there were three women that put these astronauts on the moon until it came out in the story. And I thought to myself, how many more women out there are actually change agents? And we don't even hear about them anymore. Well, I'll give you an example. The Native Women in Film Initiative, I'm going to be 60 this year, and 24 years ago, 
I was always working on episodic television. And what episodic television is, you know, drama shows comedy on the major networks like NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. I'm not talking about cable, just the major network. And I was always working. I was the highest paid Native actress working for years. And then they stopped hiring me. And then 14 years ago, they completely have written Native women out of the narrative completely on television. So it's been 14 years since America has seen our image on that tube, on primetime television. And that is going to change because the Native Women in Film Initiative, it's like in order to have a network on television, there's the FCC guidelines of fair hiring practice that you have to follow, and they're not. And then they come back and they say, well, we do workshops for you guys. We do we do these workshops. But those workshops they've been doing for 40 years, and no one's ever hired from those workshops. And we're not a minority. We're the First Nations. We're not a minority. We're not in that group. We are First Nations. We're the original people of this land. And we're not included in media, and that's changing. What do you think happened to the narrative for Native Americans that it's been just so swept under the rug? It's just been buried, pushed aside, you know, go go over there to the swamp lands. And, and here you've got a standing rock, our own land, that's our land. There are treaties, there are laws, that that's it. No one's supposed to touch it. And like you said, there are laws. But nowadays, you're looking at this culture and this season where laws don't even matter anymore. Everyone's spirit is so beyond sacred, not everyone, but certain souls in positions of power, their souls have so, so far removed from sacredness. My question to you is, like, what happened? Why is it that we got so swept under the rug and so silenced? Any thoughts on that? Yes. Well, for all those leaders that are, are that are in the White House right now, I challenge you to do something. If you're listening to this interview, I challenge mm-hmm. you to take off your shoes and your socks, take off your shoes and your stockings, go out and front of the White House, <laughs> and put your feet on Mother Earth and feel her. And then put your hands on Mother Earth and feel her. Because I can probably guarantee you they haven't done that since they were probably two years old. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here, the mm-hmm. disconnect. And yeah. now with that, on that level, then there's the other level of From my experience, Strength and Hope, being in the industry and media, I was pitching in the 90s all these um, sitcoms and drama series to the networks, and this one studio head told me, you know, you you come in here with a script and a pilot shot and 13 episodes to back it up. You you know, most people just come in here with a log line and we sign it. You know, we get it done. But I'm going to tell you why we can't do this. And I was like, why? And he goes, because middle America cannot get over, and I think this is just an excuse, by the way, but anyway, middle America can't get over what what has happened to the American Indians. So the guilt is so entrenched in the DNA that that's why the sponsors 
that support these networks won't uh, put us on prime time. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that's I a very that that's interesting narrative. Yeah, 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 that and, one's and hard just, for me to sort of understand. Exactly, exactly. And this is what this is a kind of dialogue when I go in. And then another time, a head of diversity at a network said, "Not in your lifetime will you see a native on primetime television." Wow. So it's then why are they doing all these diversity programs then? To pacify the FCC to keep themselves I on primetime. I yeah. think at the end yeah. of the day, it's corporate corporate greed. But what are some of the things that right. you learned from the woman of Standing Rock? And you were at Standing Rock too, weren't you? No, I was not. I'm in the front lines in Hollywood with on Hollywood, <laughs> which is in its own Standing Rock. <laughs> yeah. So, but I am in relation to Standing Rock. I am uh, a sun dancer. I sun dance in the Dakotas. I've been given my name in the Dakotas. I am not Dakota. I, I am Muscular Apache in Cheyenne. However, I do practice Lakota ways. And and that's just what has happened in my life. So I'm very, very close to uh, my spirit is in those Black Hills. Yes, yes. And what have you learned the most from the woman? Yeah, of Standing from, Rock. From my sisters and my aunties and my grandmas. What I've learned is to persist mm. and to be deliberate and not to be afraid. Wow, that's big. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's big. Now, how do you think the women of Standing Rock keep their moral high despite all that they've been enduring and continue to endure? I mean, where do they get their strength from? I was telling some friends um, a month ago, can you do that? Can you stand up for something that you believe in is right for so long, so consistently, through prayer, dedication, commitment, despite the adversities? Can you do that? And, you know... Everybody said, I don't, I don't have the strength for that. Where do they get their strength from? How do they keep Because it? we have a sacred connection wow. to our mother. It's really quite simple, yet people complicate it. Mm. We have that divine connection, that divine birthright to our mother and our ancestors are with us and when you're in that prayer when you're in that big prayer we're unstoppable mm-hmm. and that's really the spirit that's the spiritual self that's the connection yeah. i love that that was very touching love that and that's true i think we've been so disconnected from nature and what is real and the earth and and the love of mankind, and I don't know what we're trading it all for, because at the end of the day, we all go back to source. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. tonight we're going to be having a wonderful film screening and panel discussion on End of the Line, The Woman of Standing Rock. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about this program, and hopefully quite a few of them will be able to attend also? Well, first of all, there's still tickets. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I want to make that Beautiful. clear. There are still tickets available, and it's a gorgeous night. It's going to, It's a gorgeous evening to come out and support not only Native filmmakers, but Native women in film and the men who support us. The evening is going to open with Chairman Ernie Stevens, Jr. from the National Indian Gaming Association. And our panelists are just 
gorgeous. Shannon, who is the director of End of the Line, The Women of Standing Rock, we are screening her film. And this film, it's not a completed film. It's a, it's a short. It won at our film festival last year. The short Wonderful. did. And it's it's really touching. And it really, really moves you and gets you to think on different levels um, in regards to our Native women. She's done an excellent job as from one director to another. It's, I love it. And our panelists, we, we're, we're having Phyllis Young, who is an elder who's a, a trailblazer on so many levels, an activist, and um, she's done incredible things in her life. I'm not going to say them all because I want you guys to come to <laughs> Have you guys come and meet her and hang out with her and hang out with Shannon and hang out with Tara. Tara's uh, the the national director of Honor the Earth, Winona LaDuke's organization. And we have not a scientist, but he's a... He works in renewable energy. He does patents, and he's going to talk about all about renewable energy. And I'm going to talk about media. And we're we're broadcasting it on our television network, uh, Red Nation Television Network. So if people across the country listening to this, if you're not in D.C., then you'll be able to see it eventually on our network in the next couple of weeks. beautiful. Well, just to let everybody know, America Meditating has been a full supporter for End of the Line in many ways, from having it being screened as a trailer at our retreat to also a lot of our friends. So I really want to tell everybody, it's a heart moving, but it educates you. It educates you at the root of this country and the root of our nation and how strong it is. So to not get distracted and to not get deceived by the stuff that we're witnessing today. But perhaps this is an invitation for everyone in the country to really understand the roots of this country are strong and we can't step on it as if it never existed. It will be maybe our demise, even though I don't want to say that. But it could be our demise if you step on one of the most sacred and strongest part of our existence or even origin. So I I just wanted to shout that out because I'll be there tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And I I can't let you go without telling us where our listeners can find more information about Red Nation Film Festival and also Red Nation Films. Okay, so your listeners can visit rednationff.com. And all the information is there. And um, your viewers can also visit Red Nation Television Channel Network at rednationtv.com. And through both of those sites, everything else is in there, Native Women in Film and Red Nation Films and all kinds of goodies are in there. Oh, beautiful. You know, I do need to end this conversation, but there's something that keeps coming up again and again in my heart. Does it ever hurt your feelings, what you're witnessing, Native Americans, what they've been going through and now what they're going through again? Do you ever feel, I don't want to say so angry, but just so distraught with how inhumane our humanity can be with one another? You know, we're human beings, and I can only pray that humanity have the consciousness to have empathy and open up to to really heal from our holocaust that's taken place that is still taking place and it motivates me as a human being as a woman 
to continue the work for our children and our children's children. And that includes, you know, so many levels, you know, from climate change to what's happening to our indigenous people all over the world and to our people right here in in this country. So it's, you know, I have down days um, and then I get back Mm -hmm. up again because we're deliberate and we're not afraid. So, yeah, it goes deep. It it goes very, very deep. But I've learned, I've I've learned to protect myself in such a manner so that we can continue this work because the time is now and enough is enough. And mm-hmm. moving in the, these next four years, moving the energy in these next four years is, is going to be really a lot, a lot of work because we're, we're going really super fast with the energy. So I keep that mm-hmm. stuff in, in my prayers, you know. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't and we're we're in yours. I, I'm telling you, I think all of us feels this to be our own narrative, and this includes everyone, whether you're yeah. the aggressor or the, on the other side. There's just a bigger story, but like you opened up the conversation today, and you said this is waking up the world. Everyone now is awake, and I yes. think it's very valuable. And thank you so much for your contribution in the media and for your hard work and effort. We really value you tremendously. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Jenna. I'll see you with your opening blessing tonight. See you tonight. All right. Take good care. Bye-bye. Okay. Toksha. Bye-bye. It's so lovely to speak to a native, isn't it? And to see that this is the 21st century. And we're, gosh, I love how she's just pushing through. I love that part where she said, sometimes I have my down days, but I have learned how to deal with it and just move on. I'm going to ask her tonight, tell me a little bit more about your little secret behind that, because I think the world needs to know it. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation. I, I know I did tremendously. Please join us tonight out at East Street Cinema. I think it's going to be a really wonderful event and it'll be the screening of End of the Line and as you know I have supported our very good friend Shannon Kring with this movie so tonight, 7pm to 9pm the film of End of the Line with Shannon Kring at East Street Cinema please join us and get your tickets ASAP and buy your friend a ticket. Buy your friend a ticket and come out together that you can have a conversation. We had a birthday, a surprise birthday party for me on Sunday, and about 10 already are coming from my birthday surprise party together because we want to share this. We want to share this together. So E Street Cinema, 555 11th Street, Northwest Washington, D.C., tonight, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The film screening and panel discussion, end of the line, The Woman of Standing Rock. Thank you for listening to America Meditating. Remember, no one take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. And I'm going to play a special song for Jonelle. It's called Water to Fire by Eve of Eden. And take care, everyone. Many blessings. the world to
down. 